Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. And thanks for joining us for the PHNX Suns postgame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. Ride, baby. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman and Espo. Gerald Borgay will hopefully be joining us here turn shortly. This up, Emma, for us. Because we gotta get the vibe too. No, it's you fine. Guys. We should Let's be go. celebrating with some Four Peaks beers yeah. and some sexy sacks because the Phoenix Suns beat the Charlotte Hornets 128-97. That is a four-game win streak. Crack them open if you got them, especially if they are Four Peaks beer. You ready for some ASMR? Win, win, win. Curve everything else. Win, 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 win. Cheers, everybody. Congratulations to us. Sounds like the Suns are back. We're celebrating with some Four Peaks beer. If you guys are not celebrating with some, highly recommend you get some. Also, don't forget, our last Wednesdays are back, and we are going to be out at the 8th Street Pub in Tempe all day tomorrow, the entire PHNX crew. All of our shows are live and in person, so come hang out with us anytime tomorrow and enjoy some $3 beer specials, some bomb... Chicken tenders. Come see me and we can debate about whether or not Chris Paul is washed or not. (laughs) We'll have that conversation for another day. But just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. You guys. We're over 500. Fantastic. What a time to be alive. I am so (laughs) stoked right now. The suns are back. We're back. The sexy sax is back. I think we should just go ahead and name our draft king, king of the game off the top because he's back to, yes, we are talking about Cam Johnson. He had himself another night finishing with 24 points. He was six of seven from deep. He also added in three rebounds and three assists. And might I add in just 18 minutes he, this evening, he outscored the Hornets in the first quarter. He did Cam Johnson in the first quarter had 16 points. Charlotte had 15 points. Damn Skippy. Not to mention he was six of six from uh from the field and four of four from deep. You know who the quarter. only person that could stop him is? Monty Williams. <laughs> Took him out and then he went cold. Uh, Did we ever find that graphic? Mr. Freeze. We'll have to get that Senior Freeze. Mr. Freeze. That's mm-hmm. what that's what Monty does best. He uh he sees that you're on a heater and he walks up behind you and he goes Frozen. But it's okay because Cam did come back. He did knock down a few more shots, a couple three. Or no, actually, he didn't get any more threes. No, he did. Sorry, I was six of six from the field. I'm sorry. No, mixing up my six. Maybe. I don't know. Somewhere. Yeah. All right. Cool. No. We're all on the same page now. You guys get it, right? Uh, He did come back in. He did knock down a few more shots, including a couple more threes. So 
That's all good. The one thing, though, I will say when it comes to Cam Johnson is I am I'm a little bit nervous. He's like he's like watching your kids learn how to drive. Oh, I don't know what you that know? feels like. But oh, I can it's, imagine it's, it'd be it's stressful. nerve wracking because at any moment you feel like something bad's about to happen. Yeah. But even even if they seem like they have control. And that watching Cam Johnson play basketball now because of his injury history, it's like, yay! Uh, you look like the dunk. I was yeah, like, oh landing. my god, that awkward. Uh. Mm-hmm. Look, he—he's the new TJ Warren. Like, no, 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 no. Don't you do that to him. Don't you do that to him. I refuse. No, TJ Warren. His face no. is swollen no, on no, one no. half We're right now. We're not going to disrespect Cam Johnson by I'm giving him the TJ Warren label. I'm not saying his game is TJ Warren. His luck is TJ Warren. Again, I don't know that I'd even go that far because hmm. I don't know that I would say TJ's situation was all luck. Well, some of Thank you. I'm just going to throw Thank that one out there. self-inflicted Word. tattoo. I'm just going to throw uh, that one out there. Read into it however you want. Yeah, but, like maybe I just didn't feel like fucking playing today. <laughs> no, nah, it was never that. But <laughs> No, yeah, it was. There was. A... <laughs> We're not going to go down that route. I hole. can't tell you That's what it was. That's a story for another day. Maybe a story at like a Four Peaks no. setting or an I, outing or something I'd of that I'd have to sort. be four Four Peaks in and some OGs before you're getting that one out of me. <laughs> yeah. What? For real? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I'll tell you. You don't have to say it on the show, I'll but tell you private, let's show. go. <laughs> I've heard this story. So maybe come to Four Peaks tomorrow. Maybe ask what we'll tell you the story. Yeah, you were high at Vegas and told me. So back to Cam Johnson. Yes. Cam Johnson is not TJ Warren. Cam Johnson is is a sweet baby angel who can do no wrong. And he's also been playing lights out since coming back from his injury. But I am a little bit concerned about the face because even we saw it at halftime when they when he was leaving to the locker room, it was already starting to swell. And obviously, if you guys missed it, he caught an elbow, a really hard elbow to the face like in my, this game. He looked like he got his wisdom teeth pulled. He looked like my favorite childhood cartoon. The Chipmunks? Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. And then post-game, he was on with Tom and Tom. And not only was his cheek swollen, but his lips were swollen too, but on the opposite side of the cheek. So I don't know if he caught an additional elbow at some point tonight. But all I'm saying is if we hear any news tomorrow about Cam Johnson being injured or concussion oh, protocol it's or whatever. It's okay. The okay. Charlotte Hornets are on the list. All of them. The whole organization. But he's not injury prone. <laughs> That's not fair, though. Don't claim he's that. Jeremy was going to rue the day he ever said that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But that's not fair, though, because did, you can't you can't control somebody hitting you in the face with their elbow. No, he he did look like Hitch, though. So yeah, you know. I mean, he did. <laughs> look, I know you can't, but the whole thing is it's bad luck. This guy has such bad luck when it comes to injuries. He has his best game of his career. Catches a stray knee from uh, Julius Randle. Is out for like six six seven games last year. Maybe even more than that. You know, he, he has one of his best games tonight. He catches a stray elbow in the face and is swollen. Like it, it's just it sucks for this dude. Yeah, I I mean, it's a major bummer. But hopefully, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. We dodged a a bullet there. Um, as far as Cam Johnson injuries fuck? go, what's going on right now? What's happening? The chat. Absolutely wants Espo and I to hug. And hug, I said, hug, no, hug, no, no, no. Somebody already said it. Uh, they said only six more wins till we see Saul and Espo hug. Because I said, if they win 10 in a row, then we'll hug. 
Okay, but Joe said you have to hug for at least seven seconds. How about that? Fuck, that's it can't awkward be a as shit. Seven, se- seven seconds. First of lunch. all, first of all, <laughs> first of all, there's only one person in my life that I'm ever hugging for seven seconds, and that's my wife. Everybody Poor else, children. hell no. Not my kids. No, no. That's just no. You're so weird. My son doesn't want to hug me for seven seconds. I promise you that. You're so weird. Yeah, because, how do you, great because, question, Emma. How do you know? Because every time I give him a hug, he's the first one to pull away. That's how I know. Because he feels for, your uncomfortable. For twenty bucks, I'll give anybody yes. a seven-second hug. No, I don't care. No, that's bullshit. I'm not hugging nobody for seven seconds. Anyway, <laughs> well, by the way, if you guys want to hear Gerald's win, 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 you gotta hit that like button. There, she already yeah, we already it. played it. Did you miss it? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you play that? Because we queued it up at the beginning of the show. Sorry, folks. Uh, apparently, our script is way off, and we did not stick with hit it. Hit that like button if you didn't hear it like me, and you'll hear it again. I mean, you really I, should hit the I like did, button. It's the easiest way to help us out. I mean, come yeah, on. Y'all. I did have a beer explode on me at the beginning of the show. So there is that. Oh, but yes, uh, Cam Johnson, despite getting whopped in the face what seemingly a couple times tonight, he played really well. And for that, again, he is our DraftKings king of the game. And if you guys want to get in on the action on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, right now there are four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 to get $200 in free bets instantly. So make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that code PHNX. Because like I said, new customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free book bucks instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Our bets tonight on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. <laughs> Not good. Not great, Bob. Not great. Not great at all. Our fucking chat is funny today. We all lost. All three of us lost our bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. To be fair, the only reason I lost was because for once in his entire life, Monty Williams decided to rest Mikael Bridges too early. Well, to be fair, that's why I lost, too. I mean. That's why I lost. I'm just saying. I I guess we all all have excuses. Yeah, I mean, it's all on Monty. I needed needed to be. I I need Mikael as well. Yeah, but do you think Mikael would have had a double-double in like eight minutes? Oh, a million percent. Oh, yeah. Bro. Yeah, I mean, he would have gotten those five assists to two two steals I needed. Absolutely. I mean, it's no doubt. Y'all are out of your damn you know, mind. Why don't we give each of us a win on this, right? We can do that. Yeah, that's we'll perfect. We'll take the money. Yeah. You can take your win, no. and we'll all call it good. What, my, minus 110 isn't the same as plus 3,000 or plus 3,500? I don't know. Can you do math? <laughs> yeah, we, we would have won over $300. Yeah. Is it the same? You well, tell yeah, me yeah. so. Right. <laughs> uh, statistically, yes, it is the same. Well, yeah. Lindsay, we're willing to give you this win if you want. Oh, as really? long as we get our wins. Win. Win, 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 win. Basically, what I'm saying is we all lost. We all lost $10 on the leaderboard. So now we are officially not sitting as pretty as we once were. Saul is at a, pot, a plus 950. I'm at a plus 7562. And Espo is at a plus 27. How is this back to reality? For me, I'm, st- oh. I'm going back to the, like, I'm, to the I'm going back okay. to the bad, bad world. I don't want to go back to the red space. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's dive a little bit more into this game between the Suns and the Hornets. What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? 
a big freaking win. 128.97 for your sons. And it was the rebounding three-point shooting and assists that tell this story. Suns had 55 rebounds to the Hornets, 39. Suns were 22 of 40 from three. The Hornets were a measly 6 of 25. And the Suns had 37 assists as a team to 19 assists for the Hornets. And right there, that's what equates to an ass whooping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, all over all over the court tonight, the Suns just seemed like they were crisp. They were playing with energy, especially in that first quarter. Um, and then, you listen, if the Suns hit threes at the clip that they were hitting them tonight, especially with Cam Johnson playing like this, they, they are one of the toughest teams to beat in the NBA. Because you can't focus on just one individual. And uh, Cam really set the tone early. He was fantastic um, in that first quarter. And um, yeah, listen, I mean, this is when the Suns team is so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, this is we we had been missing this for a hot minute there. Things got very doom and gloom over in these oh, parts as far as being a Suns fan. But this has been so refreshing to have this team bounce back in this way by simply just getting a few guys back from the injury report. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see what it looks like when we actually get Devin Booker and a few additional guys off of that injury report list, because if this is what we're getting with just at first, just cam back and then adding Chris Paul to the mix of that, we could be in theory looking pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Because like you said, with the standings, right, we're above 500 again now, aren't we? We are in fifth right now. The Suns are. Uh, they'll be in sixth at the end of the night because the Clippers lead the Lakers by 20. But right now they're ahead of the, of the Clippers. They've jumped the Mavericks. So the Suns are now sixth. Clippers will be fifth, a half a game ahead of them. So okay. guess what? You're out of the play-in right now. Everything has kind of fallen the way the Suns – needed it to to keep them right in the thick of things. If Devin comes back, uh, a top three seed is within uh, is within the realm of possibility, and that number two is probably the the outskirts. You'd have to go have a pretty significant win streak and see you know the Pels fall back, uh, you know the Nuggets uh, you know kind of fall back to the pack if you want to be in that one or two in the world. The, the great thing about this, and listen, as bad as everything looked about a week or two ago, the one thing I always said is, yeah, it looks bad, but the West isn't exactly running away with anything. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a shit show all over the place, and teams are going through funks left and right. I kept pointing it out time after time again. Like, it doesn't look good, but we just have to hold our water until Booker gets back. Well, we, had, we didn't even have to wait for that because, yeah. you know, Cam Johnson, you know, I think we all underestimated how much Cam Johnson's impact would be. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really given this team the the spark and really the juice it's needed. And everybody seems like they're playing much better at a higher level. And as they pointed out on the telecast, um, this is going to pay dividends down the road because all the guys that normally wouldn't get a lick of playing time all season long have been getting 10, 15, 20, shit, sometimes 25 minutes in, in, during this stretch, and that's that's going to pay off down the road. Well, and you have point guard play now with Chris Paul back, mm -hmm. which you were, I mean, at, at one point you were playing Dwayne Washington Jr., major minutes at point guard. This team is still a juggernaut at home. They're 18 and 7 at home. So, look, this is best case scenario I think we could have wound up with with how bad things turned in the latter half of December and beginning part of January here. But now you're right 
you're right back in it. Cam Johnson, as you said, I think we probably undervalued what he brought in many ways to to this team, uh, not just his scoring, but I really think he's a catalyst for this group in, in terms of chemistry as well out there on the court. Uh, look, I I still think there's a couple moves to be made here to really be in the thick of trying to win uh, win it, but Suns are back in the discussion. Legit. I, I, I didn't think this before because I was like, well, I don't know what we're really playing with, but because of the run the Suns have been on, uh, where we're trending towards to, and we're really just beelining it right now towards the trade deadline, um, and with Matt Ishbia and the new ownership group, to be honest with you, I think JJ's uh, JJ's seat is warm, and he, he better do something to help this squad out because they have – you can see that they have championship capability, but if you don't add to it and you just let it ride because you're feeling pretty good about this – you know, four game win streak or whatever this win streak ends up being, uh, that ain't it. We need help, and you better get it, James Jones. So you know, I'm excited. Also, uh, Gilbert in in the chat had a great uh, saying. He said that the the West is mid, so you can call it the Midwest. But hey. look, look for <laughs> for me, uh, if I hear the phrase "the best acquisition we can make at the trade deadline was getting Devin Booker back." I'm going to lose my ever-loving yeah. mind. Because it feels like <clears throat> such a James Jones thing to do is be like, well, we did make an acquisition at the deadline. His name is Devin Booker, and he's back. Oh, I will I, I will break I something. I will throw up in my mouth. Because because we can, we can make it into the playoffs and a few rounds in. But to, in order to win a championship, I feel like we need something else. We need another piece. Not saying that it can't be done with this squad. It's just a lot harder. Yeah. to be done. And so why not take advantage of the opportunity you're given while you still have a team mm -hmm. that is this solid and add to it instead of running it back again. Like I'm, sure. I'm, we did that last year. That was cool for last year. This year I want to add to what we have. The, the team, the teams that stand pat and just, you know, ride it again with the, with the same group, they never succeed the next year because what you're talking about with this particular team is you're you would think that this was like a young team, but but they're not. They're they not. have a lot of veterans on the squad, so running it back isn't going to give you a, a you know some dramatic increase the next year. The guys that you were hoping to give an incre get an increase from were Da, Mikael, and Cam. Well, Mikael and Cam seem like they're they. Well, Cam looks like he's really like he hasn't missed a beat. Could you imagine um, if Cam didn't get hit or? Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mikhail, uh, he seems like he's putting his stuff together. And uh, yeah, he didn't have 20 plus tonight, but he was still very, very good. And then DA, you know, and DA is the the biggest, he's the biggest conundrum right now in Suns land. Uh, you know, you don't know what you have really, but you know, I don't think anybody really wants to trade him for peanuts. But at the same time, people do doubt whether or not he has what it takes to really contribute at a high level to get this team to a championship. What I will say is this, in and I'm not trying to excuse DA, and I've gone through the numbers, but what I will say is there's a remarkable difference between DeAndre Aiden in the regular season and DeAndre Aiden in the playoffs, and we have to keep remembering that because he has showed up the last two years in the playoffs. He has. The numbers tell us that. But we're talking about the regular season and some of the, the ups and downs with him, and that's, that's kind of the scary part. 
you have the benefit right now of people still being intrigued by the potential of DeAndre Ayton. At some time, a year, two years down the road, that's going to be gone. I think you may be able to capitalize and get the most you'll ever be able to get for DeAndre Ayton right now. So I'm, I'm not sure so that it's the right move, but I think if you're looking to, if the plan is to move him eventually, now's probably so, the best. You so I do. would disagree with that, and the reason why I would disagree with that is because I think if you if you get through the playoffs, and he and he and he resumes, he does D off and he does stuff. D, DA playoff stuff. Then at that point, not only is there's no trade clause out the window and you could trade him for whatever, his value is very high. Mm -hmm. And then you then that's when I think his potential value is as high as it can be. And then when James Jones won't want to deal him. I, look, I don't I don't know that you're you going to gotta get, make up your mind one no, way or the other if you're James. I mean, we're we're playing we're look, I mean we're I think we're playing a big what if on assuming he's gonna be something great in the playoffs too, right? I, this team needs something. If they go into the playoffs with the same group that you're sitting here, or they just trade Jay Crowder for just say, you know, some scrub off the Bucks, you know, Grayson Allen, you're not you're not gonna win it all. But there's not really a trade out there that if you're trading DA, there's not really a trade out there to be made that really moves the needle. I'm not saying it necessarily has to be DA, but you gotta make you gotta make some kind of move that has some impact here. And there may be a deal out there. We don't know. I mean, yeah. somebody could. I mean, Siakam could become available, and they could go in and and intrigue Toronto enough. I don't know, but something. I still feel like this is a very very good team. They need something to get over the hump. Mm -hmm. so. And we'll find out soon enough because that trade deadline is just around the corner. It's going to be Jeez, here before Jesus. we even know it. Also, speaking of all of the trades we did in our pregame show today, our pregame show basically turned into a Trade Machine Tuesday <laughs> yeah. special. Yes, so did. if you want to go back and watch that, it's on our podcast feed as well. So wherever you listen to your podcast, you can hear it there. But basically, we went into all the rumors and all the notes that came out over the last 24 hours about the Suns and who they're supposedly inter interested in and who they're not. We even came up with a mock trade um, and we all had a ton of feelings about those type of things. So if you guys want the latest on that, there is a special for you. You can find it on YouTube right before this show or, like I said, on your podcast platform. Also on February 6th, we're doing a little trade deadline roundtable uh, just with a, a variety of different personalities around Phoenix. We'll be coming into the studio or calling in virtually, and we're going to get some some feedback and some thoughts on the Suns and the state of the Suns and what where they think moves will be coming in the next day or two before the trade deadline. So look forward to that. This is a segment that yeah. we're going to be doing yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, a whole bunch of fun stuff. Can, yeah, we can do. we talk about a guy that may have upped his trade value tonight? Yes. Which one? The homie. The homie. The homie. The homie. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> Who did you think I was? I was like, DA by not playing. I was like, Chuck Mandel is not getting traded. I'm not. <laughs> I, you you take that thought out of your brain and throw it far away. <laughs> Jock is not going anywhere. How dare you put those words into these? Not getting yeah, traded. just the, even the thought of mentioning him in the idea of a trade is not acceptable. Look, uh, Dario tonight had 19 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and a block. Shot six of nine from the field uh, and did it in 24 minutes. He, he's he's rounded back into form like he he very much is a guy that now isn't just salary filler you could actually make 
quite a, uh, you know, not a big move, but you can make a move that you're actually giving some value back in a Dario in that way. So that, that intrigues me. I'm glad to see it for him too, that he's back and playing at a level that, uh, that's actually quite impressive. You know, one of the things that I feel like Dario brings to the table is his ability to pass really well. I mean, you don't necessarily see it like with the stats tonight, as far as like his assists go, because he only had three, but some of those passes that we see from Dario on a night to night basis, especially as of late are just so beautiful. And it's just really fun to watch him come back into his own after missing yeah. so much time. I mean, I saw people on on Sun's Twitter tonight reminiscing back on the finals and asking themselves, if we had this Dario for the entire final series, would we have won one? Oh, yeah. I, I've thought about that quite a bit. Like, I think people always forget because he, he bounced within the first minute he was on the court. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he definitely would have been a difference maker. And it's just... Man, I don't even want to think about yeah, that. Why do we got to bring up old shit? I, well, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying is that <laughs> Dario's play over the last handful of games has made people reminisce into that type of thinking around Dario. Like, whether it's upping the trade value or being able to contribute in positive ways for this team, regardless of what it ends up becoming, it's a positive. And you love to see it for a guy like Dario, who, one, is a solid human being, two, had to go through so much... BS to get back on the court mm -hmm. in the first place. Like, he's this is so easy to root for. Let me just say this. I must have missed where Dario was really great at defending Giannis before he got hurt because that wasn't going to switch Espo. the finals. But let me I I actually, you I've been well documented in my skepticism of Dario Sarge on this program, right? I'm actually at a point where I wonder, maybe you don't trade him. Maybe he is a guy that can have an impact uh, on this roster and somebody you might want to re-sign going into next year and not just use him as that expiring salary because he's been that impressive. That passing can become important. You can go small ball with him at center at times if you want to. Uh, it's, it's an intriguing option to have on this roster. He didn't necessarily have to guard Giannis for Christ's sake. He could have, he, him being out there as the backup center would have helped a lot because we were running out Frank Kaminsky and a bunch of nobodies to try and help supplement DA and it wasn't working at all. DA was the only one out there that, that could guard Giannis even a little bit. Um, and, and I'm not saying uh, Sarge would have done that, but damn, Sarge is a great facilitator. He's a he's and he can hit the perimeter shot. There was a lot of different things. Anyway, I did, but I yes, did, Dario. I hate the what ifs with the with ninety three and this right because it wasn't a seventh game where anything could happen. You lost in six, and you had an otherworldly player in MJ and in Giannis. I don't think God Himself could have played on the Suns in the for those game six and seven. And I don't think the Suns would have won when you're going up against guys like that. That's my only point because you hear people say, oh, well, if only the Suns had Cedric Sabalos in 93 or, oh, if they only had Dario. Sar I'm sorry. That wasn't changing the fates on either of those teams. I disagree, but okay. I think it's funny that you're mad about a what if right now. When you Didn't you love what ifs over <laughs> oh, the I summer? Do, I do love what ifs. Isn't that what like ifs. your thing, Espo? I'm just saying 
<laughs> Give me an actual good what if. I'm not those, those <laughs> that's two guys. A good what if. No, those that's two guys are not changing it. Ring oh, and, and not, not it's not changing. You just got Chelsea changing it. Espo of all the people Dario who Dario Saric was that. not the difference between a championship. Dario Saric was a body who could have helped with rebounding. Another guy that had to be guarded. Bobby fucking Portis was a difference then. maker. What Dario couldn't be? Yeah, everything counts. In those type of situations. No. Whatever. Who Whatever, Espo. You be a hater. They, they get one more win and they lose in game seven. In each At home? Yeah. They, Espo, the, you were high and out of your mind. In the best player wins. The Suns did not have the best player in 2021 or 1993. And it doesn't matter if you're playing on Mars if you're playing under the ocean or you're playing at home, the best player is going to win in a series. The Suns didn't have the best player. Whatever, Espo. You big old lame. Anyway, back to tonight's <laughs> game. A few more players to give some flowers out to. Uh, since we're talking about big men out there, let's also continue down and give a little bit of love to Jock Landale. Tonight he had a career Ooh. high three threes. For the first time in his career in Let's a game, go, Chuck, he had baby. 13 points and three rebounds in 10 minutes. I loved, I mean, he finished three of seven from deep, but I loved seeing Jock shoot the three tonight. Obviously, a couple of them were better looks than others, but if we can get more, a couple more threes each game, even if it's just one or two from Jock on a more consistent basis, we're going to be in a good place. Oh, man. Jock, Jock's ability to be able to stretch out the defense if he starts hitting that three, is unbelievable. It opens up everything uh, for, for for your offense. You know, Chris Paul will have driving lanes again, even though he's, you know, got a little arthritis everywhere. Um, and then, you know, other guys are going to get wide open shots, driving lanes. That's what, that's how this team thrives. I think that's one of the the issues that people have with DA is that he, He's not a stretch big, right? He can hit the mid-range, mm -hmm. but he can't stretch out to three consistently, uh, which, all, all, honestly, side note, watching him in college, I'm shocked right now because I was watching highlights earlier. The His pick-and-pop threes in college, I'm like, where the fuck is that guy? It's startling, and I'll get to that more later. But um, but Jock opens it up, and Jock opens it up for everybody. And, and I, I'm glad that he hasn't deterred himself from shooting the three, it wasn't going really good no. at the beginning. I think he was like one for 29 at one yeah. point. But now he's starting to get into a groove. Um, you know, hey, it's it's awesome. Friend of the program. That's what you come to PHNX. You're going to start thriving. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, the dickhead from down under had it going tonight. The double D. Landell's Landing is it, the prices are going up. Get in now if you want to get good, is what I'm saying. Jock hitting those threes. Uh, you know, I, would I like to see him foul yes, less? Yes. Yes, I would. But his offense was great. Uh, he did had the hustle plays, and I think he probably would have had close to 20 points if he hadn't gotten in foul trouble because he really had it going offensively. And quite frankly, the Hornets didn't have a real answer for him either out there tonight. So I'm glad to see him rolling. Uh, I take full credit. Whenever he gives me shit, they seem to do well, as, as the Gerstlings were pointing out. Hmm. So Jock, Come in and call me whatever you want, whenever you want, and uh, we'll have some fun banter if you'd like. Also, I feel like from the foul perspective, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, is this Jock's second year in the league? Yes. It'll come with time. He'll learn a little bit mm -hmm. more. He'll get more experience and reps, and 
again, going back to what they all were talking about when we were in the thick of it, having to figure out how to be on and perform when you don't know the type of minutes you're going to see night in and night out, what expectations are going to be put on your plate night in and night out. Like Jock will get there. I have all every all the faith in the world that Jock will be able to figure it out. He has done really well, in my opinion, in the role they've asked him to do and being able to kind of adjust on in that way, considering it is his second year in the league, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's something that's easy to forget when it comes to Jock because we've been with most of these guys on the squad for a hot minute now. So everyone knows what's expected yeah. in all these different situations and scenarios. Well, look, in, early on, you want to come in a new, a new team and impress. And everything that was said in preseason was so glowing about Jock and talking about his shooting ability, his impact, all these things. I think he probably felt a lot of pressure to come out and show show out, right? So a lot of times when you're in your own head, you can shoot poorly. You know, one of 29, not really what you hope for, mm-hmm. but I think now he's comfortable. He understands, uh, you know, his place here. He understands uh, his teammates, and, and he's hitting these shots now because it's easier. You know, it, it, it feels better out there, and hopefully we just continue to see it grow, uh, you know, like, First time, like you said, in his career, he's hit three in a game. Hopefully it's the start of some kind of streak for him. Yeah, absolutely. Would love to see Jock knock down threes a lot more often in these games when he's out there because it just adds a whole nother element to his game that, like you said, we don't get from all of the bigs on on this Suns squad. One of the things that I do like that he's doing more is at the beginning of the season when he was shooting, um, he was he was almost just like, almost like praying it would go in. Like he would he would release, <laughs> but he would never finish his shot. So his wrist would literally be like this in the air, right? But now you can you can see him finish the shot a little bit more. And it, it, it's so silly how that small little difference can make all the difference in the world. It, it tends to put more rotation on the ball, so the ball will drop a little bit quicker instead of just sailing on you. Um, and I think maybe that's the reason why he's starting to shoot a little bit better. I hope so. He doesn't seem to be rushing it either. No. Like I think early on it was very get it up as yeah. fast as possible. Now he's just hitting them in rhythm. He also has like 15 minutes to prep to shoot because there's nobody around him. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> yet, Saul. Yet. <laughs> nobody around him yet. Hey, people will have to put some respect on his uh, three-point shots here coming soon. Fingers crossed. And then, of course, we got to talk about Chris Paul, the point god. His second came back from injury. Second or third? Second. Second game back from injury. He had a solid outing in uh, the game the other night. And again, here tonight, finished with a double-double, 11 assists, 14 points. Is Chris Ball back? Um, I'll say this. Uh, he's he's refreshed, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's had some time to recover, which is good. He's healed up. Um, the point guard is always going to be efficient when it comes to distribution and running the offense. That's not what we're ever worried about. What we always are going to look at right now is it. Can he score? Can he score when this team needs him to score, especially when Devin Booker comes back? And more importantly, if we get to the playoffs, can he actually contribute on the offensive end by dropping buckets? We've seen it time and time again before, but this is a new year and you can't ignore the fact that he is a different player right now. And he's trying to figure himself way through it and what you're hoping for is that he can figure it out uh, in a way to where he can still perform at a high level just maybe some little nuance here and there that changes within his game and that's fine 
Um, so he's not washed. Uh, he's not washed, regardless of what I might have said in the preseason. I apologize. He's not washed. <laughs> but but what you're looking for is his contributions down the stretch in games, which has not been as efficient as it used to be, and how he can perform in the playoffs. And we've already we've already, we know the story of the playoffs. Whether it's injury or some random ass fluky thing, he's got to get through a playoff and for God's sake, just get through it healthy. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Do I have this right? He didn't score till the third quarter. Is that correct? He didn't score in the first. I know that. He scored a majority of his <clears throat> points at least in uh, in that third quarter. Right and I, I still think that's what we can expect from Chris. I don't think you're ever going to see the guy that scores 41 and takes over an entire game offensively like we saw in, I believe it was that Pelican series. Yeah. Right? I, I think that's gone. But I still think he's the guy at where, as long as he's healthy, he can come in and he can dominate a quarter. He can go, my guys need this, right? Because the Suns, uh, in the second quarter, let the Hornets back in this game. They got it under 10 at one point there in that second quarter. And it felt like in that third quarter, Chris went, my guys need me to 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 help them get back in rhythm here. I'll do it. He takes over mm-hmm. offensively in the third they don't need to play him or, or any of the major guys in the fourth. I think that's the Chris Paul you can see offensively where you can get streaks of it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's probably good enough if guys like Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges continue to step off offensively. Uh, it, it's good enough. Uh, and like Saul said, you're always going to get the distribution from CP3. It's just how often can we see these runs from CP3 offensively, and can it get back to the point where you know in the final two minutes of a game, if you if it's coming down to it, Chris Paul can be clutch at that time because you need that. They missed that a lot this year. So Chris Paul had two points in the first quarter, okay. but the other 12 came yeah. in the third quarter. Yeah. I, I remember because we were yelling at him to pass the ball to Cam Johnson, remember? <laughs> this is true. Um, I think as long as you can keep Chris Paul's legs fresh – by deferring to Mikel Bridges, like we talked about the other mm-hmm. night, that Chris Paul mentioned he'd been waiting for those guys to take some initiative there. As long as that actually happens, I think we can rely on Chris Paul more in the moments when we actually need him yeah. because he can rest longer. He can take his time with things and not feel as compelled to carry so much of yeah. the load. It's 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 complex with with Chris Paul because again like listen good teams what i'm worried about is in a seven game series which we have seen a little bit before is teams will adjust and they will make Chris Paul beat them yeah shooting the ball and and he has shown that he can do it in spurts he's shown that the last two nights he did it very well in the first half last game he did it very well in the third quarter of this game but that's not going to be enough to beat the elite teams in this league. It's good enough for the Hornets, and it was good enough to beat the Brizzly, uh, Brizzlies. The Grizzlies. <laughs> it was cold, so it's Brizzlies. Um, and wow. but but when you're playing a seven game series, and you're needed to score, can he do it at a high enough level? It's not good enough to drop ten points and have twelve assists in the playoffs if your team's getting housed by twenty five. Like you got to be able to drop twenty um, or and what we've been talking about is everybody else has lifted their game up enough to counteract what he's lost. 
offensively. And I think that's what you're starting to see with Cam Johnson, Mikhail, and hopefully DA at some point. I think what is going to be a big factor, though, in keeping teams honest with Chris Paul is he's shooting 39% from three this year. Yeah, but he wasn't. But he is now for the season, which is three points higher than his career average. At home this year from three, he's shooting 40.4% from deep. If he keeps that up, they can't leave him open in the playoffs because he'll make them pay. I think that's a huge thing where he's become more comfortable at spotting up, uh, you know, and being the off ball to take that kind of shot. And if he can stay consistent from there, they're not going to be able to just make him beat them with the jumper. So we have um, a super chat that we got a while ago and I forgot about it. So sorry about that, but it's from ghost balls. Thank you. Ghost balls. And they said only six more wins in a row till Saul hugs Espo. But here's the thing. I know we talked about this off the top, but we put a poll in the chat and we said, <laughs> think we can God. get Saul and Espo to hug at the end of the show? Shh, this is a secret from Emma. And 80, 58% said yes. 41% said no. I'm just saying it's something to think Where'd about, you two. the um, apparently, YouTube only likes to go up to 99%. I don't know. Don't, well, that's cool. Don't ask me. I'm just saying it's something to think about considering your friends, your supporters, they want you to do it. You get to 120 likes before the end of this program, and the three of us will hug. How about <laughs> oh, that? God, okay. I don't want that at all. Well, I don't care if the people get to 120 it's likes. It's my body, my choice. I'm not fucking hugging anybody. I suppose said, well, if I have to hug Saul, then I'm going to drag Lindsay down with me, I suppose. <laughs> don't make me like this. <laughs> I get Supreme Court this. That's all I'm saying. No. Anyway, I just so thought you guys should know that. So there you go. Um, just. More, more love, more kindness. <laughs> Where is the? Love? I just gave love to Chris Paul. That's enough for me. <laughs> the love, the love, the love. More ten, ten games, love. ten games in a row. That's not hard. More fun, more Suns win, more furniture. If you are in the market for some new furniture for your house, your apartment, your office, wherever it may be, more furniture is the place to go to save big on the best furniture in the valley. They have fantastic options, and they also have white glove delivery, which we got here for our office uh, furniture at PHNX, and that is the best part about more furniture because you don't have to lift a finger. They will package everything up, deliver it smoothly, unpack it for you, perfect condition, all the things. All you have to do is check out and then wait for it to show up at your house. It's literally the easiest way to get new furniture. And you can find them at morefurniture.com. We might be living in a fantasy world if we honestly expect Espo and Saul to hug, but at least we can potentially make some money on underdog fantasy. Before your 35 is living in a fantasy world because he thinks Alex Len is really better than DA. What? Yeah. I didn't hear what you said. Euphoria35 in the chat is living in a fantasy world because he or he or she says, next someone throw out Alex Len is better than DA. Well, because I think that 
I don't think Euphoria 35 thinks that. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're it's right. It's the My chat bad. that's yeah, having yeah. all this conversation yeah. around who's better than DA and who's yeah. not. That's what they did the other night, too. Yeah. I got you. Um, but Underdog Fantasy is really fun. You don't have to worry about deciding who's better between Alex Len and DeAndre and on there. Uh, and they do daily fantasy sports different. It's The best part is, like, there's daily fantasy sports. There's season-long fantasy. All the things that you could ask for from fantasy sports with the potential to win good money over at Underdog Fantasy. We also have a fantasy show here at PHNX that give you guys all the lowdown on the latest fantasy happenings, and it's a lot of fun, so make sure you guys check that one out. But right now, it is really easy to get started. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, um, but make sure you sign up with the promo code PHNX because when you use that promo code, Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So there was a question in the chat. Go ahead. The, the Gerslings somehow gave us a couple, a f- famous couple name. Yes, I saw it. Saul Spo. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with that. Why do I have to go last, first of all? Say what? The, the Saul Spo. Oh, Saul Spo. Sorry. The, I'm having a hard time listening to you guys the, today. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't I don't blame you. I'm sure the listeners are too, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. A celebrity couple name for Saul and I. What is it supposed to be? S all? That sounds better. <laughs> Saul Spo or S all? Sounds like we're saying asshole. It's <laughs> Saul. Hold on. Oh my God. Enough with the polls, Emma. <laughs> oh my gosh. Saul Spo or S all? <laughs> it's definitely Saul Spo. I'm sorry, Espo. I really want off this ride. <laughs> Why? Jeez. It's so weird. It is what it is. <laughs> we have a couple of questions from. Uh, I love answering questions from Let's the chat. Let's do so it. first one, we'll start with magic here. A super chat. Thank you so much for your super chat said. DA will be the best two way center in the league. We will miss him if we trade him. Am I the DA or I am the DA stand and proud. I will preach. Keep DA all day. <sighs> so, so there's a couple things going on here. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say some of the things that I've I've kind of come across with with DA. DA is 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 efficient, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the Suns statistically are not dramatically better or worse with or without him. That's that's basically what I've come across, and that's that's basically what I've come down to. Um, there's a lot of things that the good thing is that there's a lot of things within his own control that he can improve on, like effort, um, being focused in games, um, things of that nature, developing ball handling skills, footwork, that all needs improved. But will he do it? I don't know. And uh, until that does happen, he will be forever at the mercy of everybody else that is trying to feed this to him, to try to get him motivated. It is year five, year six of me covering DeAndre Aiden, and I still don't know what makes him tick. The things that I've I've seen and I've noticed that uh, stat-wise or just from an energy level-wise is when they're in games that are magnified, um, a lot of energy in the building, he gets energy in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like that U of A. It was like that during the playoffs, both runs. Um, those are the things that I kind of noticed. But for regular, regular season games that don't mean much, that's why you see the up and down because he's just not as focused. His effort level is not, as, uh, not there as much. 
Um, and, and it affects things. Now, he has played better in the last 15 to 20 games. He's had several 30-point games, um, double-digit rebounds at a high clip. But for every one of those, I mean, shit, the guy's had – he's literally had 41 games over the course of his career where he's scored in single digits. That's half a season. That's too much. That's too much. You say he gets up for the big game, <clears throat> and I, I believe that to be true in most cases. But you covered him in college. Buffalo. It's a tournament game. Like, yeah. Again, being there in Buffalo or being there in Boise fucking Idaho, <laughs> there was go. very little energy <laughs> in the crowd. Everybody thought it was a surefire thing that that Arizona was going to win. Stadium was about half empty, and there was not a lot of energy. And then Buffalo went on a run, and then everybody turned. Mm -hmm. And, went, of course, they always go with the underdog uh, in a game like that. And, yeah, it was easy to see. Pac-12 tournament just a week before – it's like U of A North over there, and it was loud. It was crazy. Raleigh Alkins had got a dunk on somebody's head and stepped over him, and the crowd was going crazy. He was pumped up from the jump. Like, it was just a different vibe. And you saw that in the playoffs, too. Like, he's just a different energetic guy in the playoffs. But you need DA during this regular season, and you can't always try to hype him up. And try Listen, guys that constantly need to be prodded to play at a high level, those aren't necessarily guys you want on your team all the time. Can you hire a, a coach in that second row that literally is just Oh, the son's got to hire me today, and I go over there, and I'll just whisper man. a whole bunch of negative shit in his ear and <laughs> see what happens. I mean, like, I, don't, I don't know that it's always a reaction to negative. I think it will no, also be a no. reaction yeah. to positive, but but I, but I think he's gotten both. Yeah. I think he's got both. Listen, if you try one thing a million <laughs> times and it's not working, you're going to try something else. It's just, I don't know what, I really don't know what gets the guy ticking. I really don't. I wasn't around Sean Miller, so I don't know much about him, but he seems like a guy that is very fiery. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah. With Sean Miller. Uh, and it seemed like he got the most out of DA in most situations mm -hmm. at U of A. Is Monty's temperament not just the kind of thing that Maybe. motivates Maybe. DA? Like, is this quiet, pensive, folksy, I'm going to give you a quote, but I'm not going to, like, not, I know it got overblown, but not talking DEA for a summer, to me, feels more like that does the opposite of, yeah. like, he seems like a guy that needs the, can't wait to see you this, this season, we're going to get at it, here's what I'm yeah. thinking, you know, or or you need to get your ass in the gym, you know, and be on him, and I just, maybe that's part of this, maybe Monty isn't the right guy to unlock what DA that, needs. That very well could be true, and that's a great point. It, it, Monty might not be the one to be able to solve the riddle as DA, but there's not many coaches that are Sean Miller-esque in the NBA. Um, you know, Thibodeau's one of those guys that will get, get on your ass in a second. Uh, but there's just not a lot of those kind of guys. Now, maybe if he maybe a, a nice balance of the two, like Steve Kerr, Popovich. somebody, Popovich, you know what I mean? Like maybe they can figure it out. Um, uh, maybe Nick nurse could figure it out in Toronto. Cause that's a rumor. Um, so I, I don't know, but at the end of the day, as a player, you got to own it yourself. You got to want it yourself. DA could have easily been an, an NBA all-star this year, but he's not going to be. And it's all completely of his own doing. Um, big sexy in the chat said DA will end up being like Kuzma and Markinen, for example, with a change of scenery. And I think that is my biggest fear. Yeah, yeah. Because listen, there's two sides of the coins because if DA gets traded and that happens, there's a part of me that's like, 
go off DA. Like I, I'm going to be very happy for DeAndre mm-hmm. having found that success. And then there will be a part of me that's like, fudge. Like, why couldn't you just do that yeah. here, man? Like that sucks. It's a, it, the, the, the hardest thing for a number one overall pick and, Again, listening, sitting right over here and listening to Bill Armstrong, the Coyotes GM, and him talking about the pressures of being a number one pick, that's not for everybody. And DA might not be able to handle the pressure of the number one pick that we've all set. We we've all we all individually had a certain expectation of what that that slotted draft position was going to bring to our team. And all of us are all over the place about whether or not I don't think any of us feel like he's met that expectation, but there's a lot of people that feel like he still can. And then there's a lot of people that feel like he, he, he won't, he won't ever come to it. Um, and, and I do, I am in the camp that I really want DA to figure it out here. I want him to stay here. I want him to be a Phoenix son because this is where he grew up. This is where like basketball really came to fruition for him here. Um, but I also acknowledge that sometimes a change of scenery is just better for some players, um, and to be able to move on and, and, and succeed. It happened with Jermaine O'Neal when he went from the trailblazers where he was barely averaging five points a game and he was fresh out of high school and he was immature. He went to the Pacers and boom, unlocked, started averaging 15, 20 points a game. And he flourished with the Pacers. You know what I mean? LaMarcus Aldridge, same thing, kind of a slow start to his career. Boom. Then he kind of took off because he got into a good rhythm in year five or six. So it, we, it's not that we haven't seen it before, but when we came in with the expectation that he was going to be a David Robinson or he was going to be a Hakeem Olajuwon, that set him up for failure off the bat because those dudes were averaging 25 and 12 from day one, averaging four blocks a game from day one, averaging two steals as a center from day one, and it's just a completely different scenario. But that's what we should have expected from him it was a number one pick you, you oh yeah banked you banked your franchise in many ways on it so if the rest of the draft class was trash i wonder how we would feel about da right now yeah i that's that's a fair like question. if, if luca and no, trey it really does like it it messes with the way that you perceive other yeah, guys in the because league. you could we could be sitting here if luca doesn't exist or trey young doesn't exist right we could be sitting here and be like, well, we got the best player in the draft that year. So we and, and we would right be choice. and we would be content with it, right? Yeah. I what I what you guys bring up, oh, if DA goes and, and plays better at the second place, as long as the return you get for him makes you better, I'm fine with it and I'm happy for DA. If they if they had let him walk to Indiana and this summer and he went and balled out in Indiana. I would have lost my ever loving mind. It, it, but again, it, it, it's all it it's all it all depends on what he does, right? If we lose DA and he goes and averages 13, 30 and fifteen, and the guy we got in is averaging you know twenty and ten, but for a couple seasons, that guy is going to feel the pressure of the fan base because we let the number one pick go and look at him flourishing over there. We should have kept him, and it, it'll be the same thing all over again. When. Win a title and none of it matters. Yeah, yeah well. win a title and that simple. And majority of it goes out the window <laughs> yeah. because that's that's what matters the most. I feel something. That's what matters the most. Ooh. Oh, you know what I feel. Ooh. In the darkness, <laughs> beyond the light, there shall only be one. Welcome to. Hi, Gerald. Hey guys, how's it going? Who the hell are those kids? You ask us uh, every this, time this there's the kids back there. 
This is the what? thing that they do where they have fans on the court after the game and it's very loud. So we're going to try and push through this. Okay. First things first, how's Cam Johnson's face? It, to be honest, it looks a little bit swollen right now. Um, he said he was fine. He did say, yeah, I did take a shot to the face. Um, he was glad he had his mouth guard in, but fortunately it uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be anything that's going to hold him out. Um, but yeah, he, <laughs> his face looked a little bit swollen after the game. You don't think this is going to hold him out? No, I don't think so. Did anybody call him Puff? <laughs> no, no one called him Puff. <laughs> or Cheeks? Anybody call him Cheeks? I don't. Gerald's like, no. you guys are weird. Why are you asking me these questions? It's been a very weird show. Let me tell you <laughs> well, that right now. We're glad to hear that Cam Johnson seemingly will be okay because that did make us all very nervous, a little bit concerned because – Obviously, he did come back and play, but he didn't play a whole lot in the second half of this game. But neither did quite a few of the starters for the Suns. But Cam had a great night. Um, that dunk kind of scared us a little bit, too. But the three-point shooting was fantastic. What did Monty and the guys have to say about Cam's performance tonight? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Monty was kind of preaching caution. Like, okay, he's not going to be able to come out there every other game and continue to do this. It's going to take him a while to build up his endurance. That's why he didn't play as much. Uh, and also the fact that the Suns were able to open it up in the fourth quarter and kind of put the game away. Um, so they were able to keep his minutes down tonight, but they loved seeing the aggression from him. There was a sequence where he created two assists back to back when the Hornets had cut it to, I think eight and they were able to kind of open it back up to a double digit lead. That's exactly the kind of thing we've been talking about with McHale, but we haven't been able to see it as much with Cam because he's just been out for so long. Um, so they were really happy to see that. They loved seeing his two-handed dunk, but Chris Paul was saying, scared the life out of me. And he told Cam in the locker room, like, you got to land better. You got to hold on to the rim longer. Uh, and Cam was saying, I was coming in too hot. I couldn't do anything about it. Um, but yeah, he, he tried to stick the landing. He said he was unsuccessful in that, but hopefully next time he, he learned his lesson for that. I one. agree with Chris Paul. Why, 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 why does... Why does Monty always want to freeze out a player? I know he's on a time restriction, but Cam was shooting lights out in the first quarter. Like, why? Why Why pull him out? Because as soon as he pulled him out, he went on ice. Well, I mean, yeah, but they've won the game by, like, 30 points, and Cam was able to keep his minutes down, so that's the most important thing. Like, we can nitpick here and there, but he's on a minutes restriction, so as much as it sucks to see him light it up and then, get taken out it's for a reason and for once Monty is actually using caution when it comes to these guys we saw the other night Chris Paul came back he played 38 minutes so uh with a guy that missed 37 games with a serious knee injury I'd much rather see that Boo, but it's a tendency it's a tendency Johnson points in yeah, the first it's quarter a tendency. oh DA's on a heater take him out <laughs> Mr. Freeze Mr. Freeze I'm just talking about tonight specifically but I get what you're saying Gerald uh, Dario played well yet again tonight uh, did Monty share any thoughts did you get a chance to talk to Dario and if not what were your thoughts on Dario <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the guys were all super complimentary. Monty called him a warrior, and, and all of the guys were saying, knowing that what he's been through just to get back to this point, Chris Paul said he's happier for Dario playing this way than probably anybody on the roster just because of the battle to get back to this stage. And, and they've all said he looks like the Dario Saric pre-injury, the Dario of old, the one that we're used to seeing. Um, and I kind of tend to agree. He's been stringing together a couple of really good performances over the last couple of weeks. 
Um, you know, he's been letting it fly from three. He's been setting guys up with some pretty snazzy passes. And he even went for it all tonight with the poster dunk. Um, you know, the other night, Jock was joking. They share their lockers are right next to each other. He was joking his coast-to-coast layup. He should have tried to dunk it. And he tried to dunk it tonight. And Jock Landale was laughing. He was saying, I know, look what happened when he tried to dunk it. So um, they all had it. They got a kick out of that. Monty joked that the rim must have moved on him when he went up for that. Um, Dario said he's going to stick to his uh, jump stops and pump fakes from now on. But it, it's really it's cool to see how much joy there is around the team right now, not just because they're winning again, but because they're getting contributions from a lot of guys that have been on the sideline. I'm concerned because even I'm now thinking maybe they should keep Dario. I like what I'm seeing from this guy. I have been giving Dario flowers which means he obviously has made an impact. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's tough. If this is the Dario that they get, maybe he's more valuable than whatever they're going to trade for. But again, we don't know how the trade market is unfolding. And if the Suns can bring in an upgrade of some short sort, they should do that. You know, the center spot is pretty log jammed. But if he's able to play the four spot the way he has next to Jock Landale recently, maybe that changes the math a little bit. I don't know. It depends on who's available, though. Uh, so, uh, Gerald, I have two questions. First, actually, we, we just got word that we have a live image of uh, Monty talking to Cam Johnson uh, right after he pulled him out. There it is. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Mr. That's Monty. He's trying to protect Monty. him. Monty is Mr. Freeze. Freeze. Monty Freeze. Let's go. Uh, oh, my God. But more importantly, more importantly, uh, Jock Landell. Uh, I thought he played very, very well. It seems like he's uh, starting to get a little bit more confidence back into his game. And more importantly, he's hitting the three, which is what we all hoped he would do from the start. What was your impressions on this game? Tonight? Yeah, we talked to him in the locker room a little bit, and he was saying, you know, obviously it's nice for them to be winning games, but it's even nicer for him to be coming off the bench and playing a part in that um, because of how bad it was with the losing streak and everything and getting inconsistent minutes. This feels more consistent now. Uh, he was, you know, he seemed relieved. I asked him about kind of busting the lid off the rim, and he was very relieved that shots were starting to fall. I think tonight was the first night of his career where he made three three-pointers in the same game, um, and that was obviously a season high as well. So good to see him knocking down shots. Good to see him building chemistry with, jo- with Dario Saric and some of the other second-unit guys that he's been playing with. Um, they've just been getting solid contributions from across the board over the stretch, and you look at the opponents, they're not great. You know, the Pacers without Halliburton, the Nets without KD, the Hornets who are just admittedly terrible. But if they can string together some momentum, they just jump from 12th to basically 5th or 6th in the West, depending on what happens with this Clippers game tonight. It's super jumbled, and if they get healthy, they can put a real run together. So one thing that we didn't really highlight yet so far in the show is Bismack Biombo's block shots tonight. He had five of them. Which it seems like we're just in the first half. In the first half. Honestly, I feel like we're kind of just getting spoiled by Bismack blocks <laughs> because at this point they're just so calm and it's like, yeah, well, it's a bigger news day if Biombo doesn't have a block <laughs> more than anything. But he had five of them tonight, which is very impressive. Yeah, I mean, this is actually something I'll be writing about for this week because he talked to us in shoot around today and gave me like a three-minute response on how he approaches blocking shots. That was just incredibly insightful. So I'm really excited for people to read that. But he's just, everybody talks about how much work he puts in as far as film study, as far as the energy that he brings off the bench. 
um, and how nice it is to have a guy that you can funnel offensive players in towards the rim and let Bismack take care of it, you know, with the chase down blocks or the weak side rotations. He's he really knows his craft as far as being a shot blocker. There's a reason he was, I think, the 102nd guy to record a thousand blocks for his career. Um, so the Suns are very cognizant of what he brings to the table on that front. And uh, it's really cool to see him just rack up some of those highlights like that. Did he not? Didn't he have a nickname for Mikel Bridges this morning that we'd never heard before? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, so he was asked who the funniest son is on the team. And he was saying, oh, I'd probably have to say small boy, Mikael Bridges. And we were like, small boy, where does that come from? And he's like, he's a small boy. <laughs> so I have no idea where it comes from. I think they just give each other nicknames for the hell of it sometimes. Like Mikael calls Saban Lee Saban. Um, they just come up with the goofiest nicknames for each other. And apparently Biz is just making fun of Mikael for being, I don't know, shorter than him or skinnier than him. I have no idea. Hold on. I loved that. That made me laugh so hard today. Like Biz calling Mikael small boy is the funniest thing. Hold on. Mikael just mispronounces Saban's name. And it's like, it's a nickname. No, you got his name wrong. That's what you did. Like, I think that's the joke because everyone keeps calling him Sabian or uh, yeah. like, like different versions of his actual name. I think I passed their, like, because in the locker room they have little post-game smoothies or whatever that have their names on it. I don't know if it was a typo or if somebody was messing around, but I'm pretty sure it said S-A-B-O-N on his smoothie the Sabon. other night. Oh, no. Sabon. <laughs> oh, Mikhail's like, running uh, the smoothie station. His sister's name is Cinna. It's like his... Uh... Get it? Cinna Bon? I got you. Okay. Cinna Bon Lee. <laughs> like a little bit of an initiation... Like gentle hazing, whatever the word for that would be. <laughs> Kinder, I guess yeah, you I would could say. So. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, anything else that stuck out to you from Monty or the guys tonight, Gerald? Nope. Just another win. And now we got Dallas on Thursday. And that'll be kind of uh, a real test for this team after some of the opponents they face. So it'll be interesting to see how they're able to ride this momentum into that game. Do you expect DA to possibly be back for that game? I would be surprised if he's not. Uh, he was at the practice facility this morning on the treadmill, kind of not running, but walking, jogging a little bit. Um, he was upgraded to doubtful before the game, before being downgraded back to out again. So I think with an extra day in between, he should be back Thursday, but we'll see what they have to say in practice tomorrow. Gerald, is there any chance that Devin Booker makes a surprise return? I would say those chances are slim to none. Uh, tomorrow is the four-week reevaluation period to the day, and we were told we would get an update on him either tomorrow or sometime this week. But, you know, they kicked us out of shoot-around early today because he was trying to get some one-on-one in, but that's the most he's done even close to contact. So I'd be shocked if he's cleared for Thursday's game. Dallas, Luca, TNT, <laughs> It Rivals sounds, week. It sounds like the kind of thing that Booker goes to hell with it. I'm I'm gonna try to come back. Yeah, well, oh, no, 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 no. We're not. We're not gonna sit here and say that he's coming back when we just. I didn't we're, say he we're was. giving Cam Johnson 15 minutes a game because he's on a minutes restriction, even though he was on an all-time heater in the first quarter. No, Booker, sit your ass down till you're absolutely healthy. Then you can come yeah. back. I think he should have learned his lesson from the Christmas Day game when he came back too soon. So hopefully, you like to think so. 
You'd like to think so. Lord have mercy. If not, we have got issues and we need to have a conversation with Devin Armani Booker. Gerald, thank you so much. We appreciate all of your insight tonight. Absolutely. You guys have a good night. Bye, Gerald. All right. So last couple things for you guys. Um, the Suns are going to be playing a lot more at home over this last stretch of games for the regular season, which is great for all of you guys if you want to go see a game. And it's even better if you buy your tickets on the Game Time app because on the Game Time app, you can save up to 60% on those tickets when you buy them last minute. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Whether you are watching on YouTube, listening on whatever podcast platform you listen to your podcast on, the link will always be in the description of these shows so it's easy for you to access and find at any point in time. Game Time works great for sporting events and concerts as well. So if you're looking to hit up either of those kind of shows or games, definitely check out the Game Time app before you buy your tickets anywhere else because we want you to be able to save as much money as you can while also having a great time. I'm going to get those Taylor Swift tickets. You better. You better. And Saul, I know you love <laughs> your friends over at Bad Birdie. Do it was I? actually really cool to see a lot of the Bad Birdie merch out at our tea party. Like, I, you guys have seen it around the, I've, you've worn it around the office, and it looks great. Yeah, Max, Max always wears it on the days he does ad reads because he never gives me a heads up. He says, <laughs> hey, by the way, you got to talk about Bad Birdie today. And I love talking about Bad Birdie because there's such a great uh, merch site. Like, they have great merch. They have grand, brand new hoodies. They got a lot of stuff on clearance, by the way, that you can go check it out. A bunch of colors. Plus, if you're going to go out to the Waste Management Open, you can't go out there looking like an asshole. Like, go, I don't know. go to Bad Birdie. <laughs> go to Bad Birdie. Get yourself hooked up, and you can save yourself 15% by getting some sweet-ass merch. And when you walk around that joint, people are just going to look at you and be like, damn, where'd you get that shirt? Where'd you get that quarter zip? Where'd you get that hat? You just tell them, go to Bad Birdie. So go to BadBirdie.com, <clears throat> BadBirdieGolf.com. And use code PHNX underscore sports 15 for 15% off on your next order. It's just that simple. That simple. All right. My final question for the group, which includes the chat and the two of you. Uh We saw that at the Suns game tonight, there was a proposal. Uh And I think it ended happily. It did. This one specifically happened in a suite, though. Mm -hmm. So my question is, are you on team proposing at sporting events is it different if it's in a suite versus like center court at a timeout or something of that sort i think the younger you are the more you're okay with it but the older you get the less you want it that's kind of how i feel okay like because i think when i was like 20 25 if if i was to do it i think i would have i've always thought about doing it something like that like oh that'd be awesome but now at like 43 i'm like Man, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going in front of all these people that I don't even know to try and propose. Like, and and more importantly, my wife would have hated that. She literally <laughs> said the one thing she did not she want me to do was propose to her at a U of A game. She was like, "That's not happening." I was like, okay, I think it is total crap to ask somebody to marry you at a sporting event. It is not fair. It is uncomfortable. It puts that person in a position to feel pressure to say yes because you're in front of all those people. It's just not fair to do. I think it is a shitty, shitty thing to do to another human being. But congratulations to the couple that did it today. <laughs> so I'm actually, <laughs> I'm okay in a suite because typically if you're in a suite, 
it's you and the people you know around you a lot of times. Sometimes you you don't know the people sure. around you, but I would assume if you're planning a proposal, it would be you and your friends or your family members, mm-hmm. right? I don't mind the sweet thing because it's still at an event and especially if you bond over son's basketball, something like that, but it's not as much pressure because you're not going to get caught on the camera to be put up on the big screen. You're not going to necessarily get caught on the broadcast cameras to where if something weird happens or somebody thinks you made a funny face or that she said no or whatever, you wind up going viral. Like that happens so often. And I hate that for so many different reasons. So if it's in the, in the suite or even maybe in the stands a little bit, I'll give it, but on the court, absolutely not. I think there's one one good rule, okay? And I think, listen, if you're fortunate enough to 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 be in that situation, uh, because that that means somebody loves you, right? Like it, whether you're the one being proposed to or you're proposing to somebody else. What I will say is this: if you know you're going to be on the big screen, right? Just listen. It doesn't take much just to say yes, and then once you leave, like, bro, no, this ain't happening. Like, oh. or or woman, whatever. Like, I, I just like that's a lot of humiliation. Now they set themselves up for failure. I I will admit that, but. You know, just no. if you you're know. gonna say no, say it in front of everybody. Why? Because why lie? Uh, that's I think that's worse because then the person who asked thinks, oh, I've got my soulmate for the rest of my life, and then it, it, when you get alone, you're like, I'm not going to marry you. Low key then, though, Espo, if you ask somebody to marry you without have having had the conversation and knowing for sure that you guys are on the same page. There are bigger issues at hand than making you feel bad. Have, have you not after have you not met somebody that is that unaware, unself-aware that they do that? That you would date for if, quite a while? If you're going to ask in front of that kind of group of people, you're probably one of those people who may not have had that discussion. What? Look, if you want if you want to if you bonded over son's basketball or any sporting event and you want to ask that person to marry you, call the team. Ask if you can get in the arena when not everybody's there. See, that would actually be even better. Like, if you got me access, like, if we bonded over the Suns and you got me access to the arena where I'm allowed to, like, just explore almost to an extent, I feel like that's a little more meaningful. And then you get to have like a nice moment together, and it's not. Thank all you, Tracy. This is she why I love with you. Me. No, she said absolutely not. I'm, I'm not, not going. going oh, okay. Pu- yeah. Okay, my bad. I'm my not going to lie wrong. in public to save face and then break a heart in private. Why not? Because my only thinking is, even as the as like the person being proposed to in that situation. I wouldn't want to go. You're going to go viral if you do that. Yeah. And I don't want to go viral. You don't want to go viral. For the, if you, listen, if, if 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 somebody proposed to you and you said no, you're right going there, viral. You're going viral, and he's going viral for the wrong reasons. But, Just save face for both people. No. Get out and be like, bro, I, I don't, don't want to marry you. I don't want to go viral if, for if, saying no. If you ask in public, you have to be asking, knowing that there is a chance that you are going to go viral for her or him saying no. That's part of the price of admission to do this in front of all these people. I Lying and then <laughs> breaking somebody's heart is worse in private 
than doing it in public. Tracy like said, integrity. because integrity. Jeez, I love on. it. <laughs> oh, I have a heart. You're going to hurt that person much more by saying you yes. You really think no. Than saying no. Yes. No. Because that person is going to think that you have said yes to marry okay, okay, okay. You will have to relive it, it in Listen. perpetuity on social media. Hey, remember this clip? And then you're or, always going to have to see or it. Or everybody's going to go, hey, how'd the, how'd the marriage go? How'd the wedding go? We saw you get proposed. And then you're going to have to say, no, oh, because she when said she yes. Just, when they just say yes, it doesn't go viral it, all the time. It only it, goes viral you, if there's you, something you. with if it. You are willing to ask in public you are willing to go viral you are actually wanting it to if you're asking in public you're asking for okay attention. i have a 50 50 split where i feel like oh we could all God. meet in the middle what if the person who's being proposed to gets really excited goes in for a hug and says no fucking chance am i marrying okay. you but we're saving face right now so I, pretend that I said yes and we're getting I'm off this fine court. with that because I don't know if then, anybody just heard anything I said because I covered the mic. Look, My bad. I I agree with that. Then you're not lying in that. You're you're being honest, but you're trying to to trying to save some uh, emotional damage for the person. Hey, can I drop a little tasty nugget? Sure. From my do. friends over at Google. The average engagement is twelve to eighteen months long, and about twenty percent of weddings are called off after engagements. That's my little tasty nugget. <laughs> you can, See? if hypothetically, I'm not, I'm not picking sides <laughs> She's here. She's advocating to say yes, wait 12 months, then say well, no. You no, know, not even the 12 months. <laughs> Dog, you can wait like a month or some shit and you can be like, wait, no, nah, this isn't for me or <laughs> Oh, something. that's diabolic. I mean, seriously. I'm like, going to say yes. For real. I'm going to wear this ring like, for a month. Okay, but at the same time, like the amount of pressure that you're putting on that person, like it's kind of hard <laughs> to do that. Okay, I'm done. Good night. I mean, oh, yeah. listen, I, like, you're just heartless if you're just going to destroy somebody because they felt like they were open enough to try and ask you to marriage. And you just you're going to get embarrassed. You're going to get embarrassed. They're going to get embarrassed. It's always going to live on social media. You'll be you'll be viral for uh, about a week. Uh, and, but if you say yes and then you go home, you're like, I, I, I don't want to marry you. I just said that because of that, because I'm not ready to get married. I would rather cool. you be embarrassed than me be embarrassed yeah. if that's the case. That's just evil. I, I don't know, man. That's a tough D one for how sure. How about this? Don't ask in public, and then you don't have to put the other person in the very awkward no, position. No, how about this? If you're going to ask in public, have a conversation with your significant yeah. other that you both are in agreement that you would like to be married to that, one another. That's true. That's like, true. Have the conversation. I agree. For the love of God. I, I, you know what? I have a heart. That's why. Saul is trying <laughs> to protect the person from public embarrassment, and he is kind of right. The, I, I agree. If the person doesn't know you're going to say yes, they've accepted that public embarrassment is part of the I equation. <laughs> I agree. I genuinely think that if you have not had that conversation with your significant other, where like you guys aren't on you the have no same page, business getting exactly, married, you have no like you should not be proposing. Yeah, but 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 okay. Wait, time out. All right. So I was with my my wife for, don't judge me, like eight years before we got married, okay? Five years before I proposed. Um, and I, I knew she was going to say yes. Like, I wasn't going to ask if I didn't think she was going to say yes. But had I done it at a basketball game, like she didn't want, like... Well, but you'd had the conversation. So you were aware she didn't want it at a basketball game. Uh, you knew that she'd say so yes. So even in so that moment, if she didn't want it at the basketball game... You think she should have said no right there on the spot, even though she does want to marry no. me. 
if you had had that conversation and you did it at a U of A basketball game, she should have slapped you in the face right there for being dumb You're enough to ask to her where right she now. where she said you you shouldn't ask her. Anyway, would you like that hug now? <laughs> <laughs> should we wrap up with the saw ass hug? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I don't All give right. a shit if we win 100 games in a row. I'm not hugging this man. <laughs> you already said well, 10. Now, you no, now no, you'll embarrass me in public, huh? Yeah, sure as soon as you come public. in for the hug, I'm just going to be like, nope. <laughs> you can't just hug me and then tell me after you didn't want to? Nope, nope, nope. Code said, what's the difference between that and asking in front of her family or yours? About 18,000 people. <laughs> and a lot and the of entire cameras. internet. <laughs> That'd probably be the biggest difference, I would say. Maybe a little more control well, over who shares the videos and the pictures and from that. So here's another question that I came across then, since we're here on this topic. And yeah, this is going to be done, but here we go. Real quick. If, if, if you propose and she says no or he says no, do they get to keep the ring? No. no. I got into this debate on Twitter yesterday because somebody was like, no, it's a gift. I get to keep it, and it's my decision whether wait, I give it back no. to you or not. No, 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 that's exactly no. what I said. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. At the proposal or after if the engagement is called off? Like, I get down on one knee, I give you a ring, and then uh, and then she keeps it. And then if she decides she doesn't want to get married or they don't want to get married, like, okay, engagement's over. We're breaking up. Do they get to keep the ring? If it's it in, if, if the person who is being proposed to in the moment, if it's in the moment, says no, absolutely what not. What if they say yes, but then they they decide to break it off? It depends. I think the etiquette is it depends on how it's broken off. If the if he if cheats the, on her, yeah, yeah, yeah she she cheats let's just say it's an amicable breakup. No, okay? that she doesn't get to keep it. I will. I would oh, give it back. I think. Yeah, you should. If it was amicable, I would give it back. Yeah. Now, if they cheated. No, 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 no. We're, we're saying everything's squared up. Everything's on the they good. They just, just decided we yeah. weren't meant to yeah. be together. Yeah, Here's we, the we, ring we, yeah. Like, I would you give it give, back. Right? I would it's give not it a, back. Is, a, is an engagement ring a gift? It's more like a loan, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like, book. here's $15,000. <laughs> if this doesn't work out, please give it back. No? Eric okay, Carter, you guys, fuck that. <laughs> give me the ring back. <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's, but it's not it's not technically a gift. Like when you give it, you're there's something that's supposed to be returned, which is marriage, right? But if the marriage doesn't happen, shouldn't you keep the ring? Wait, no. you think that you should get the ring back? Yeah, yeah, oh, so yeah. You should get yeah. the ring back again. And then it should be one it of those. It all just depends on how it's how the separation happens. You mm. should get the ring back, and then you should be one of those awkward people on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> Tracy, that are like, "It's a load." <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to get in trouble for that one. In the in the engagement period, once you're married, it's all yours. Yeah, Tracy, right? give the fucking <laughs> ring back and get a new one. Get a permanent one since this one's a fucking loan. No, until the marriage, that is that is you. <laughs> it's a loan until that point. Oh, like you should get it back okay. and be one of those creepy Land people. Land the plane, people. <laughs> Listen, all I'm going to say, Code said, see where winning gets us. <laughs> Listen, here are the rules of the PHNX Suns podcast that I just decided to make legitimate. <laughs> if it's over an hour... All no bets are off. off the table. <laughs> if you stick with us further than 60 minutes, just know. 
Shit's getting weird. More than more likely than not. Okay? Eli said winning got us thinking about rings. Hello. <laughs> My wife says, I'll send it to your new house. <laughs> okay. Who, who so, said I'm moving out? So Astro's getting a divorce. <laughs> no, no. We're not putting that bad juju out into the world. Uh, before we say goodbye, we do have a super chat from Vertigo. Thank you so much for your super chat. Said I was at the Fresno State and Boise State basketball game tonight. Garbage basketball at its best. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Fantastic. Thank you for Bellarina. your super chat. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of you for hanging with us tonight, having some good fun and laughs with us here. Uh, we will have a show for you guys tomorrow. Like I said, it's Maybe. happening out at the Four Peaks Pub in Tempe. If you want to come hang out with us um, yeah. in person. Come by. I'll buy you a beer. I promise you. Come by. Bu I'll buy you a beer. We'll sit there and should talk about a bunch of stuff and be stupid. Let's you go. Want, you want to trade in your loan ring? We got specials prices on that, <laughs> too. Let's go. Come if you can't out. come hang out with us in person, you can always find us on YouTube. <laughs> we got to say We'll it. be live at 3 p.m. And to code. round it all out, here's Code's comment. <laughs> code in the chat says, Espo, blink twice if you need a place to stay tonight. <laughs> Espo, you better not blink. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember, don't call a wedding ring alone <laughs> when your wife's in the chat. Ahoy, hoy. Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never going to let go. PHNX, though. Lindsay, Gerald, Espo. Saul passed the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.